Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, and welcome to the episode Goal Setting and Achieving. Before I get into it, I just want to welcome any newcomers to the podcast. I always like to welcome people, particularly when a new country pops up on the stats. And since the last episode, the Netherlands and Brazil are the newest and latest countries, so welcome to Improve Me. Brazil in particular is exciting because with Brazil in the mix, there's a whole new continent, the first country in South America to listen in, so that's really cool. If you really want to blow my mind and you just happen to know someone in Antarctica, forward them a link because that would be really cool if Antarctica suddenly lit up on the map. Having said that, I haven't had any listeners as yet from Asia or Africa, so again, if you know someone, link them up. Right, today I'm talking about setting goals and how to assess progress towards these goals and what steps to take to manifest these goals in a reality, but initially at least in the context of neuroscience. As a reminder, I'm not a neuroscientist, nor am I any kind of scientist, just a guy who loves science, particularly neuroscience, and also, but not limited to, astronomical science. And the only reason this podcast exists is because I love sharing what I learn, and it helps me push myself to great understanding in these fields of study that I find so interesting. I always try really hard to break down the science into more easily digestible information so we can all benefit from the great work that our scientists are doing. So, if you ever feel like you're just drifting through life with no real direction or idea of what you want, then this episode is for you. Perhaps you know exactly what you want to achieve, but you have no idea on how to get there, the mechanisms to get the ball rolling. That's where goal setting comes in. Goals are the first step towards planning for the future, and they play a fundamental role in the development of skills in various facets of life, from work to relationships and everything in between. Understanding the importance of goals and the techniques involved in setting achievable goals paves the way for success, and usually with that, happiness. Okay, so believe it or not, with the jillions of neural pathways in our brains, there's actually only one circuit relating to goal setting and progress towards those goals. I actually had to fact check that because I found it a bit hard to believe, but whilst our brains you know, are incredibly complex, they're also really efficient. And if you just happen to be listening to this podcast way into the future, perhaps scientists have discovered another circuit by then, but right now at least, we only know of one. And we're not talking about one neural pathway, we're talking about one circuit, which is made up of a bunch of stuff, which I'll get into. I'm sure down the road I'll be getting into some stuff about neurotransmitters and how the same neurotransmitter is responsible for multiple things, which really hits on the efficiency of our brain. 
Now you can go online and be buried under the amount of information out there on goal setting, but this episode is initially about the neuroscience behind it, which has far less available information and always not delivered in the easiest to understand language. So that's what I'll be focusing on in this episode. I'll be going into four specific things you can utilize for goal setting, assessment of those goals, and you know how to execute um, a framework for those goals regardless of what those goals might be. So firstly, neuroplasticity refers to the way in which the cells of our brain and other parts of the nervous system, like your spinal cord for example, change in response to experiences. This serves important functions such as learning, memory, and even response to brain damage. Neuroplasticity is the basis for all other types of learning, which includes things like language or any subject matter, but also physical skills that you might equate to, say, sport or learning to play an instrument, for example. All learning involves the reorganization of connections in the brain, the nervous system, and the spinal cord and the body. One fascinating thing about neuroplasticity is the notion of making mistakes, and it's actually a pretty key feature in neuroplasticity, and it's considered a really positive thing to make those mistakes, as long as it's in the right ratio, which I'll get into. Now that probably sounds a bit counterintuitive, but the science behind it shows that as frustrating as it might be, making those mistakes actually makes certain areas of the brain more receptive to that learning experience. So when we try again to learn that thing, our brains are in a heightened state of focus, which gives us an improved possibility to learn that thing on our subsequent attempts. I've said previously that I love to fail, and obviously I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but I like to view failure as a step in the process of succeeding. And the research on this has shown that failure or mistakes or errors or whatever way you want to look at it are actually beneficial, providing again that they're in the right ratio. And mistakes will actually give you a higher probability of learning that new thing, that skill. And again, no matter what that skill might be. So I'd encourage you to embrace mistakes and not beat yourself up over them, but rather acknowledge that you're helping your brain's plasticity. Very important. Now, you don't want to look at making mistakes as the end goal, obviously, just as an almost necessary step in the process of learning. Right, so... How difficult should something be that you're trying to learn? What ratio of mistakes is beneficial without going overboard with something you know might be beyond our ability to learn at that time? Well, it turns out that there is an optimal ratio when it comes to learning. And when you're learning something new, you want to get it right about 85% of the time, which means that you're making mistakes around 15% of the time. It's important to push yourself, but not so much that it's impossible. You don't want to have these extremely high, lofty goals that are in reality are beyond you, you know, for now at least. You know, like, I mean, you wouldn't be teaching, you know, um, multiplication to uh, uh, someone in kindergarten, right? That's going to be beyond them. A few years later, it's not going to be beyond them. But for now at least, that is. You've got to do things in the right, in the right order, okay? You want to set yourself goals so the errors are around about the 15% mark. Not exactly 15% of the time, about 15% of the time, give or take. This is not only important if you're trying to learn something new, but also if you're teaching others. You want the students to be reaching higher and higher levels of proficiency, but still failing about 15% of the time to reach that optimal level of learning, and also achieving that neuroplasticity. Obviously, there will be other factors to consider, like have you or they had a good night's sleep the night before, 
Have you been fueling your body with healthy and nutritious food? Because that's obviously important too, and you know, will have some bearing on the outcome. So the 15% guide is a really good metric to aim for, and it can serve you whether you're learning or teaching. So now we're going to look at the neuroscience and the biology of goal setting. Now the difference in setting goals that we humans use is different to the goals of other animals and that way you know we're kind of uniquely able to set goals for the immediate future, the medium term, long term and the very long term. An interesting side note to make is that believe it or not we have a commonality with some animals. That is you know part of the brain that's required for orienting our thinking and our actions towards achieving goals. Another uniquely human attribute is our ability to simultaneously have multiple goals. Things like relationship goals or academic goals, sport or fitness goals. There are some animals that have multiple goals, but humans are far more advanced in being able to juggle all these types of goals, which makes sense because our lives are far more complicated than that of animals. So, we want to be focusing on a common set of practices or mechanisms that are necessary for all types of goal setting. So what exactly is that process? It's essentially a neural circuit, which is a collection of areas in the brain that when active in a particular sequence give rise to a particular behavior or perception. So when you feel happiness or joy, it doesn't come down to a single area of the brain that's responsible for that feeling or emotion. It's a group of areas that work in unison and to different degrees to achieve that feeling. If you think about your favorite song, it's made up of a whole bunch of sounds that when grouped together in just the right order, make that song. Just one of those sounds doesn't make the song. And all of the sounds played in the wrong order also don't make that sound. So the brain areas associated with goal setting need to work in the correct sequence to achieve the ability to set and achieve goals. So a common set of neural circuits are required for goal setting no matter what goals you're trying to achieve. I've spoken before about the part of the brain called the amygdala, um, which if you're an avid listener of the podcast, you'll know that it's an ancient part of the brain in terms of our evolution, and it's most commonly associated with fear and creating fear-based memories for our protection. So if that's the case, how is the amygdala associated with goal setting or behavior surrounding goal setting? Well, a lot of our goal-directed behavior is to avoid punishment like embarrassment, for example. So the amygdala and, you know, and some sense of anxiety or fear is built into this circuit that generate goal-seeking and our motivation to pursue goals. It's not essential that you know all this stuff, but I'm, I'm going to quickly brush over it anyway. Now, there's something called the basal ganglia. That refers to a group of subcortical nuclei responsible primarily for motor control, as well as other roles such as motor learning, executive functions and behaviors, and also emotions. But also within the basal ganglia is the ventral striatum. Now, I know I'm going a bit deep on this, and you don't need to memorize all this stuff, but I can't really talk about goal setting from a neuroscience perspective without at least mentioning it, right? So the striatum contains neuronal activity related to movements, rewards in the conjunction of both movement and reward. These neuronal representations serve lots of different functions like goal-directed movements and decision-making. Now, the basal ganglia very basically has a yes and no circuit. One circuit is responsible for making us do stuff, like I'm going to get up and, and do my exercises, whatever that might be, and the no circuit, which is responsible for saying no to eating that leftover pizza, and then the yes circuit will kick in and direct you to eat something healthier, for example. 
So we have the amygdala inducing fear, anxiety and avoidance and we have the basal ganglia for initiating action and preventing action and then we have the cortex which is the most outer part of the brain and I've spoken about that before and there are two parts or, or two regions that are thought to be for goal-directed behaviours. The lateral prefrontal cortex is responsible for planning and thinking and then the second part is responsible for attributing emotion. As in, you know, where are we now emotionally compared to where we think we'll be when we accomplish some type of goal that we've set for ourselves. And that's called the orbital cortex. So again, you don't need to know all these names, but just be aware of the mechanisms that are involved in the process for setting goals. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Right, so this neural circuit helps us place a value on the goal and whether or not we should actually get off our ass and do something about it. The other component to this circuit is associated with action and which actions we should take, but just as importantly, which actions to avoid when given the value of the goal at that moment. Now, the value we attribute to a goal is super important. Goal setting, goal assessment and the pursuit of goals is governed by the neural transmitter called dopamine. And dopamine is utilized to help us assess value to the things that we're pursuing. This will become more clear on how we can attribute value to goals and how we set goals, assess goals and how we execute goals using the neuroscience of what I've just gone over. And don't worry if you're struggling a bit with the neuroscience part of it because I'm going to break it down for you into four steps. One. Start by writing down everything you want to achieve and group them into four main areas of life. They are faith, family, finances, and fitness. In short, these are only aspects of your life that need to focus on to be happy and successful. 
everything you do falls into one of these categories. So by focusing your energy on just these four, you're gonna significantly improve your efficiency. And I personally love to be efficient, particularly in my work. By setting just one high impact goal in each group, you're establishing the best possible foundation for growth. And once you have that list of however many goals in each category, work out the, the less important goals and push them to the bottom of the list. Now, disregarding that faith thing, I'll just mention that that isn't necessarily about religion. You have faith that the sun will rise, for example. When you plant a seed, you know, you also have faith because you can't see or know that that seed will grow. These are just examples, but you know, you believe in bigger and more important things as well, like that your business will succeed or that you're going to become a better person, right? That also falls into the, the faith category. So I guess a better, a better word for faith in this sense would probably be vision for a better life and the hope that you can attain it. Whatever the best version of your life looks like, it won't happen unless you first believe. Number two, the easier way to make your goals effective and it, you know, is, is to break them up into these two parts, outcomes and action steps. An outcome is the end result of what you're working on. It's the actual goal you're striving for. It might be losing weight, reaching an income milestone, or improving your social life. These are things that you cannot do without some action happening first, right? And, and that's where the action steps come in. So action steps will provide the path you'll need to take to reach your outcomes. These include things like running every day, making a certain number of sales calls each week, or going you know, on regular social events. These are not end goals themselves, but part of the end goal, because without them, no goal is possible. Most action steps happen daily or weekly. Where possible, you want to establish one weekly outcome and one action step for every goal that you set for yourself. Number three, act. Nothing will ever happen until you start working on your goals. You cannot progress without effort. And more importantly, it's easy to work smart after you've worked hard. The key here is to recognize the value in action. At this stage, you wanna be biased towards action. You wanna embrace the attitude that action is the best possible thing for you to do to reach your goals. This is known as an action mindset. Basically, an action mindset is when you know you default to working because you know that it will get you further than just thinking or planning. You'll improve faster and you'll feel better if you stop thinking and just act on your plans and ideas, even if it's not done perfectly. Repetition is how you improve and you master repetition with an action mindset, right? So to master this mindset, you'll need to be okay with your work being imperfect at first. You'll also need to be confident enough in yourself to go at the pace that's right for you. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing, the pace that's right for you. And most of all, you need to remember that action leads to improvement faster than anything else. But what about working smart though? I mentioned earlier that you need to work hard first and then you can work smart. Action is necessary to get the ball rolling. The next step is where focused attention and smart work begins. Right, so number four. The main benefit of tracking your goals is to be able to make them as effective as possible. Once you start going, you can see a few crucial things that will guide you and refine your goals to be the best they can be. Getting this data is why action is so vital, but without tracking, you'll never be able to utilize it and see the success with achieving your goals. To track your goals, find a way to record on how 
you do your action steps each day and whether or not you achieve your outcomes each week. Now that could be an app, it could be a journal, it could just be a bit of paper. My personal favorite is a spreadsheet. At the end of each day, record whether or not you did your action steps for that day. You should have four of them, one for each goal you set in step one. Now when the week is over, spend an hour or so reviewing your efforts on you know the work to reach your goals. And if you didn't hit all those marks, don't beat yourself up over it, right? That's, that's just going to be counterintuitive. You want to try and do it, but we all understand that life is sometimes going to get in the way of what we're trying to achieve. So just take a deep breath and go, okay, no problem. I'm going to make a point of getting through this next week and, and being more efficient. Okay, so write about how well these helped you accomplish your outcomes. Once you can see how things are going, you can start to adjust your approach as required. If you're not doing your action steps or if they're not leading to your outcomes, change them to be more aligned with your strengths. Instead of running, for example, just go for a long walk. In the case that you're reaching your outcomes and you're not happy, then you need to change your goals. There's no point in continuing to work on a goal that isn't right for you. Quitting what's wrong or just mediocre will let you use your precious time and energy on what will really make the biggest impact in your life. So if you're at uni or college and you've lost interest in the path you're on, you might feel like it'll be a big waste of time if you quit and jump ship and start something new. But it's not a complete waste because at the very least, you've ruled out one thing that you know you, you don't feel fulfilled studying. It would be a much bigger waste of time, in my opinion, if you complete the course and then quit. Sure, you can brag about having the qualification, but who cares if it doesn't serve you? Right, so I've been trying to get better at the set, plan, act, track method for around three years, and I'm pretty satisfied at how well it works. My goals are more effective, they're more enjoyable to work on, and they're easier to remember. Start small with this method today by setting one goal in each of the main areas of life, establishing action steps and outcomes for each of those, and setting a tracking system to keep you accountable to make your goals effective. Once you've done a little preparation, get to work and you'll start to see that these goal setting steps are all you need for success. Like all the stuff I talk about to help you improve, you need to put in the effort. But please, please trust me when I tell you, it becomes infinitely easier when you start to see the improvements. And that's why you, know, you should have a written record that you can go back to and refer to. So that's it for this episode. If you've been referred to the podcast or just stumbled across this episode, I've got a growing back catalogue of episodes, so check them out. I'd really appreciate a five-star rating. That helps to push my podcast higher up the list on searches and it makes it more easy to find. And also, send your friends a link if you think they can benefit from this information. You might even find that the improvements you're trying to make to your life are easier if you have a podcast buddy that's on the same pilgrimage to a better life. Remember to email me if you have any podcast suggestions or even if you just want to say hi. The podcast email address is improvemepodcast at outlook.com. And if you've implemented anything from any of these episodes and, and you're you know, improving your life, I'd love to hear about it. So feel free to, to drop me a, a, an email. Finally, as always, try to imitate my blood type and be positive. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 